Why can't I fire Cause you? Cause I'm your wife. You can't fire me. We in this together. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, the H Double Hark Henry, and it's this is uh, the 13th episode, I believe, of the Thursday, the Thursday Thursday podcast. And this is our last installment of the Kings and the Queens series. And if you're new to this, uh, two one podcast is um, every season we do a podcast and we we have a series or a theme within the podcast itself and this season was for the kings and the queens and this is when i brought uh individual friends of mine well i I don't have friends i have family so individual families uh who i know that have stories to tell that are inspiring that are thought-provoking and can definitely help somebody so i brought them on just to see you know what's going on in their lives and uh, they can share their stories because we're all about real love real life and real talk here on the thursday thursday uh, so whatever platform you're listening on, make sure you subscribe. If this is on YouTube, like, follow, and everything else on Facebook and IG, it's the Two Harks. On Twitter, is mstaj underscore h a r k. So we are streaming on all platforms, and this episode is brought to you by Coles Keys Real Estate. Your key to all things real estate. She is licensed in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. Visit www.coleskeys.com. And of course, our main sponsor, Sons of SP Phillips. We are inspired by the people, motivated by the culture. Visit sonsofspphillips.com for custom t-shirts, accessories, and more. Uh, Without further ado, I have a wonderful and lovely young lady uh, who's going to be our guest because the her's not with us today. She's still handling business. She's still doing her thing and she's making sure that this train stays on the tracks. So I have this friend who I uh, met through, uh, I think it was Black Podcast Network. And we've talked and um, we've, we've talked about some things here and there, kind of try to help her with her, her podcast journey. And we're going to talk about all that stuff. So without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and let her introduce herself. Hi, everybody. I am Key from Not Your Superwoman podcast. Hey, how are you today? I'm great. I'm great. I'm really glad to be here. I'm I'm glad to be here. It's a long time coming. We did kind of, I did kind of hold things up a little bit uh, (laughs) coming into it. That you did. We're not going to hold that against you, though. I appreciate it. I do. Yeah. And, And what's the name of your podcast again? Um, not your superwoman. Not your superwoman. It's ironic. Yes. That that's the title of your podcast because I deliberately titled this podcast just for you: challenges of a superwoman. Ooh, yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> and boy, the week to do it was this week because right, yeah, right. We we gonna have some stuff to talk about. Right, and I, and I did that on purpose, basically. <laughs> Basically, because I listened to your podcast and mm-hmm. what you were talking about on 
on um, the internal level. You know what what I'm saying? And then uh-huh. just just talking to you and knowing the things that you're doing and dealing with. Yeah, I'm like you said, I'm not. But the way I said, I said you actually are. Right. Maybe it's one of them things like I'm right. not don't have the expectation, but I might show up like Superwoman every once in a while because I don't have a choice. Right. You right, know. Right. So yeah. Right. So I'm definitely happy to, to have you here on, on the Thursday, Thursday. So tell us about your current podcast journey. Yeah. So the journey or just about the podcast in general? Both. Okay. So um, the way I like to just kind of explain it and give background is I have been kind of into broadcasting I don't like to say podcasting because at the time that I, my interest began, it was before the podcasting was a thing. So mm-hmm. I'd always had an interest for radio, broadcasting, all that sort of thing. And I even was going to go to school for it at one point. Um, and I was discouraged against it. Uh, my grandfather is, you know, state representative Don Ross of Oklahoma, or he was. Obviously, he's been retired for a really long time. But that just wasn't something that he felt like would have been lucrative for me. So he right. definitely discouraged me from it. But just like you would do with anything that's a passion, I always found my way back to it. And so um, when I really became, you know, an adult and a parent and all those different things, like I said, that passion just kind of resurfaced in a way that I kind of was like, OK, I'm going to do it. Um, of course, life happens and I kind of got steered away from it again and found my way back in 2023. Um, and so I finally did it. I started it in January, the Not Your Superwoman podcast. And I think the reason I ended up with that name, it just had a lot to do with this idea that I felt like I needed to be perfect. And I don't right. really know where that came from, but there's that that perfectionism, I call it a spirit, um, that I kind of lived with for so long and still in battling. And I'm very transparent about that in my episodes. Um, but it was, I, I didn't realize how toxic that thinking was to mm-hmm. my growth and how I experienced life. And I just wanted to talk about my life or the events that we all may or may not experience throughout life through that perspective, you know, trying to find a way to talk through things with a different perspective, a desire to grow, but also the goal to kind of give yourself grace and room to do that. Right. You know what I mean? And the best way that I could describe it was I'm not your superwoman. So while I was talking to, you know, other people who might have had, you know, expectations of that, because I, I was and am to some degree known as the strong friend. Um, I kind of was also talking to myself as well. Like, you know, you can give yourself some grace. You don't have to, you know, mm-hmm. feel like you need to be perfect in every aspect and then beat yourself up so much. So anyway, that was where the idea came from. And it just felt like it was very. Um, fitting for kind of what I was experiencing. And I don't know if you can hear me. Let me make sure I'm staying in the mic. I can hear you um, fine. Was, You're fine. Okay. Um, it was very fitting for kind of a lot of the things that I was experiencing as an, an adult woman and as a mom and all the different things. And so that's where it birthed from. Um, I started it in January. Um, I was kind of hot and heavy mm-hmm. pumping it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then life, like as it does, um, started happens. to happen again. You know, yeah. I lost my grandmother right. in February of the 27th. And then shortly thereafter, this past weekend, we just came back from my uncle's funeral um, after my grandmother passed. And so those things kind of put a huge halt in the production, along with right. me being an entrepreneur and a mom. So but it's we're going to keep the ball rolling. It's good. just we got to prioritize some things. Good, good. Because uh, your podcast journey has definitely 
helped me with my uh, with my podcasting and my desire to be like a podcast coach or a podcast mentor. Oh yeah, because yeah. that I mean you have been amazing in oh, your you. desire to help me because you don't have to like you said mm -hmm. we've met in a podcast group mm -hmm. while that group is designed to support each other you will meet people that are not as supportive and so right. with you being established and wanting to extend a hand and even stuff I didn't ask for you like well try this use this just in case you're interested in this method use these different you know softwares and mm -hmm. you know just all kind of stuff that just I cannot I can't thank you enough it, it's been okay. people like you that have definitely made that journey um a positive one from that aspect you right. know and getting started yeah right yeah because i've been in a, a lot of different groups for a lot of things that i'm that i've been in and you're right you know it's, it's the internet <laughs> people are on in these groups are on the internet trying to get some help trying to get some inspiration and then you always got this one or two three people who want to be smart behinds behind something. I'm like, dude, I just asked you a simple question. Yeah, you know or answer, people who feel like they're too established with their 20 right. episodes versus your one. Right. You know, right, and right. you're not on the level for them. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it all, you know, so right. I, it's a, you've been a breath of fresh air and just your willingness to assist people who are trying to get off the ground. And thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because I, I took some of the things that we've done and I was working with uh, an alternative school and I had a, a kid I was working with and... Um, we made a, we made an episode and it turned out okay and I hope he pursues it and uh, you know anybody that jumps on there I just say hey inbox me I give you the lowdown but they yep. better catch me they better catch me quick because this information ain't gonna be free next week. I'm, hey, I ain't mad at you. Time is money. And that is yeah. probably why what you give mm -hmm. in terms of like mentoring or helping is so valuable because you didn't ask for money. At, you know what I mean? Right. And not to say that there's there's it's wrong for you, too. I mm -hmm. understand as an entrepreneur um, the importance of you being paid for your time because it is so limited. Yeah, um, it is stretched so thin and we wear so many different hats. So right. for you to even be willing to do that in itself is it's huge. So, yeah. And you should be charging. Yeah. So <laughs> I get oh, it. It's, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Key, I want to take this moment out because we have this segment that we do on our podcast called uh, A Moment in Shoes. Oh, so, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. So yes. me and my wife, we are itty bitty minor shoe heads, man. We see some shoes. We got to grab them. So, yeah. What are you rocking today? All right, so I'm gonna have to stand up just a little bit okay. so I can show the people. Okay. All right, now all right, I'm not a shoe trip. head. I'm okay. not a shoe head. Let me be clear. Now this whole shoe thing, I'm a team player. Okay, and I do own <laughs> sneakers, but this kind of caught me off guard. So y'all okay. just yeah, but no, I just I think what I have on, I haven't worn them before, um, but they're actually like Adidas. Okay, so I don't know if you can see the little. Yeah, I see them. You see them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, you might have to edit that a particular way. But okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I got on Adidas today. So they're like white and kind of like this pink, uh, this soft pink color. So okay. that's my shoe game for today. <laughs> okay. Well, today I'm rocking, I'm rocking my <clears throat> Reebok zigzags. You see that? Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, my zigzag fours. Okay, okay. Yeah, I like Those these. are fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wore these the first time last night to the movie theater. Yeah. See, see how dirty they are? Uh, now, that's one thing I can say. I may not be a sneakerhead, but these bad boys is white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, we went to see the Spider-Man last night, and the theater was so nasty. 
Oh yeah, I have shoes I have for a year that's not that dirty on the bottom. So yeah, we won't, oh, wow. we won't be going back. <laughs> I don't we, blame you. We won't be going back. So key. So um, again, I can't I can't <laughs> express enough how excited I am to have you on here. Um, we had talked uh, prior, and I had brought up a subject, and. When I brought it up, I wasn't even thinking about you when I said it, but you said, oh, that's me. Yep. And, I, and I definitely want to explore that, but I want to know what's going on for Key in her life. Because I, I, I was listening to uh, your podcast today, just get just re-upping, and the one thing that stuck out to me that hit me <clears throat> when you were talking about um, what... The, the personality, 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 <laughs> and, and, uh, where people think you're a fraud. I forgot how you said it. Oh, um, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. And, mm-hmm. and just like I fumbled those words, you said you have some things that you're bothered by and, you know, some things that hinder you. And you said speech was, and that's one of mine because I'll mess some words up and try to clear yep. it up. So, uh, just kind of elaborate on that. Have you? How have you overcome imposter syndrome, or are you still working on that? I am still working on that. I am. Um, it has been so much of a rehearsed mindset mm-hmm. that it is taking. It's probably going to take me about as long as it took for it to develop right. for me to undo. You know what I mean? The damage, the mental perspective that it are told that it's taken um over me but yeah i'm still working on that um i'm more aware of it mm-hmm. and i try to identify things that are being birthed from that space so that i can kind of redirect my thoughts into you know like more reasonable and realistic and mm-hmm. honest um i'll put it this way um as you know i am a person of faith i believe you know um I believe in, you know, Jesus Christ and the definition that he gave me of who I am and who I'm created to be. And so a lot of the struggles that I feel like that lead to that imposter syndrome way of thinking um, comes from what I believe is the enemy trying to kind of pull you away from your true identity so that he can deter your purpose. And so when I am aware of that, when I not when I catch those moments and I kind of can, I guess you could say, do an inventory of those thoughts. Um, I'm redirecting myself constantly. And I think that's also another reason why the title of the podcast is not your superwoman, but because, because that's a constant thing that I'm going to be working on um, mm-hmm. and, and speaking to, because it's something that's just been a part of who I was for so long. You know what I mean? Just the wrong way of thinking and viewing myself and not really understanding the gifts that were in me and being trained somehow to discredit those gifts and not, right see them as value right and i and i guess like this whole social media world mm-hmm. builds uh false narratives and i think we oh yeah a lot of people we build our own false narratives right as how we think other people are and people build their own because right. if i was just a random guy and i just saw you know one of your posts i was like man she she looks great whatever she probably got everything going 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 right but you clearly stay in not in your podcast i'm not just assuming it's not yeah. that at all i have insecurities yeah. and even when yeah. you talked the other night you was like no <laughs> yeah because i was like you sure you want you chose a good week to have this conversation because i don't know it's a whole bunch of stuff that i might say that you're gonna be like no that's not quite inspirational but I think I got to keep getting back to that. And I love that I titled it that because I don't even think I put that 
even that much thought. I think I just keep getting more and more revelation as to why that's the perfect name, Mm -hmm. because this is literally my life right now. Right. Being okay with the things that are not perfect, that are not Instagram ready. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very particular about the content that I put out there as relates to photos and all that kind of stuff. And that's just a girl thing, whatever. I'm just, that's just what it's going to be. But when it comes to the way that I live my life, I actually find solace and and joy in being able to be transparent about that. And I had to be reminded again, I don't need to have a perfect story to have this conversation today. I need to be able to be honest in the same way and keep that same spirit of why I'm not a superwoman. Am Mm -hmm. I going to be considered that by other people? If I'm, you know, Lord willing, you know what I'm saying? But um, I think there's there's so much to learn in the heavier, not so pretty parts of life Mm -hmm. that I want to embrace that more, not necessarily accept it. And, you know, you won't necessarily enjoy it, but embrace it as it relates to um, let that be like that being a part of the message, being a part of the purpose and why I'm doing what I'm doing, because it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be beautiful. And so there's going to be those ugly times and you just got to figure out the best way to navigate those and the right perspective perspective to have as you navigate, navigate it, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And and listening to that, um, that particular, because I just forgot it that quick, but that imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome, just listening to that, um, it it hit home because I deal with that a lot because sometimes yeah. I feel like nobody wants to hear me. Nobody mm-hmm. cares about what I think. I don't have the right words to say it. And sometimes I struggle with using other words. Like sometimes I hate that I use the words things and stuff because I can't think yeah. of anything else to say at that time. Yeah. And sometimes I don't enunciate my words all the way. So I started... Yeah finding new ways to do that like if my wife was here she'll tell you when we're driving down the highway i'm mm-hmm. reading the highway signs and i'm like enunciating each letter main street next exit <laughs> just trying to try to yes i've heard people up. talk about that exercise <laughs> right. I, I ain't even started that part of it yet <laughs> right right and it's and it's when i when i listen to it yeah. i'm like i didn't even want to acknowledge that i'm actually dealing with that yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't of mm-hmm. because it changes. Um, it has, it, it, there's a lot of undoing involved in that. And when you're mm-hmm. older, you've established some things based on that way of thinking relation, whatever. Um, it might lead to you really having to acknowledge so many other aspects of your life. It might yeah. bring you to who you're with, or it might bring you to mm-hmm. the way that you raised your kids, like that thinking and that perspective. And that's a hard reality for a lot of people to, Mm-hmm. really come to terms with right and 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 honestly it's caused me to look at people on my friend list and my timeline because even with this imposter syndrome some people might draw back like me and you were drawing back because you said it took you a minute to do this podcast so i, I look at yeah. that as drawing back until you mm-hmm. were able to come out but until I, see, I didn't care anymore right but then i see yeah. some people who just are like forward just have to put this out put this out about them put this out and i look at that the same way because they want people to know that i have no flaws but they're really hiding the flaws within this cell so let me put this out let me make myself look like this let me do this do this and do this yeah i can see that yeah and i'm just like this is some this is some real stuff especially in our community because it's oh yeah i really see it in our community i'm like 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Because a lot of times, I mean, and I don't really want to because I haven't researched yeah, yeah, yeah. enough of it. But a lot of times it kind of stems from a history of us being taught not to value ourselves. If you right. go all the way back to our ancestors and right. then the effect, the ripple effect has obviously been in so many ways, you know, mm-hmm. slavery, all those different things. It's kind of, you know. Um, it's kind of led us here where we are in 2023, where people still battling that. And so when you look at the root of where that comes from, I mean, unfortunately, I know people get tired of hearing that said so often, you know, like, oh, God, we always talking about, you know, the struggle of black people and this, that Mm -hmm. and the other. But I think the older that I get, um, I understand how that in itself was the domino effect that led to the very thing that we're talking about. Now I could go spiritual with it, but um, more than anything, you know, for just to be on a more practical uh, look at it more practically, this stems way, way back for us as a culture. And a lot of people are not interested with figuring out where that comes from. And it's, and and I don't want to go off on a tangent. I'm not, but it reminds me a lot of, and I don't know if I would correlate this, but I kind of have to, in a sense, it reminds me a lot of how, I can say in my experience dealing with old school, right? Mm -hmm. There was a way that they raised kids. There was a way that they disciplined. There was a way that they were taught to deal with trauma. Trauma was not a word that they used, you know, back in those times, like our grandparents and our grandparents, mothers and grandparents, you know what I mean? That just wasn't a thing. And so that is rehearsed that mindset. You know what I'm saying? Like not like just moving on and you just, you just power through it and you don't deal with it. You don't talk about it. You don't bring it up. You kind of just deal with it. And I think the same thing kind of, we've been taught to do some of the same things with that imposter syndrome way of thinking. A lot of these words were not taught to us. They were not words at that time. And even now trying to re like to introduce um, these things as a concept or a, as a common thing in our, in, in our community, you have people who were taught to reject even that type, you know what I mean? That level right. of understanding. So. Yeah. You're, you're definitely just talking about generational curses and, it, and it's just exactly, something. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think now that I'm older, I understand, I understand a lot more about what's been happening in, in my life. Um, yeah our communities because people like you said people's like man we don't want to hear this again again Here but we this go. is real <laughs> yeah. yeah this is yeah. real it's like, oh why i gotta be a race issue be, yeah. it's not necessarily a race issue but it is but it's, it's the origin of where these things come from and in order right. to pull it up think about it you cutting the grass or not you put you getting the weeds out the grass right everybody knows that in order to get the weeds out the grass and to keep them from going, coming back, you got to do some treatment. You got to pull yeah. it up by the root. Yep. If you don't know that there's a root that's going to keep, guess what's going to happen? You're going to keep seeing Come it. Back. So do you want the resolve or not? And so that becomes the question, but you absolutely have to deal with where it started. Right. Right. And, and I'm, I'm the same way. I've just, I've, I've been exploring new things. And um, the one thing and, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there. We just came from D.C. not too long ago, mm-hmm. and we visited the African-American Museum. Oh, and we, yeah. And just the I've thing. I've heard. Um, you, man. I can't wait. If Yeah. Go. Especially yeah. for which is go. Because this is our second time, and I still haven't seen everything I need to see. Wow. Yeah. Is it because first, it's just that massive? It is. We okay. went. We went to first. It's going to take you at least four or five hours. So go in the morning. So we went, the first time we went, we went like at one, 12 or 1. 
We started the top, come down. And we got all the way to the bottom, but we kind of had to press through it because they close at five. And gotcha. so we just had to kind of rush through it. So I didn't get to see everything. Yeah. So we went back and only got to the third floor because it was just, it was field trips. It was too, too many kids. Everybody was everywhere. And the yeah. part that I missed in the basement, which deals with slavery and our culture, yeah. generation, all that, yeah. they were lined up out the door. So I couldn't even get down there. Gotcha. Okay, I yeah. see. So it wasn't, yeah, okay. So yeah. It, it, there's so many people there and that it day, kind yeah. of, yeah, it slows down the, the, the ability to kind of see everything. Yeah, yeah. But that, okay. That, so I was about to say, how big that, is it? My goodness. It's, it's five floors. It's like four floors on top and I think two or three floors underground, something like that. Okay. Give or gotcha. take, something like that. But there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot to take in. And there was one exhibit called the Brown Bag Exhibit that I talked to my mother about. That I never uh-huh. that I never knew about. Yeah. That in when they were younger, if you were lighter or darker than a brown paper bag, is how you could be involved in certain is it's, it's, so it's it was a sense the way of they measured your value in terms of right. your okay. Right. And if have you watched the new Wonder Years? I have not. I start they, well, no, I take that back. I've seen like a couple of episodes. Uh-huh. But did they discontinue it? Because I don't think I've seen announcement of new a new season. Uh, it's an it's another one supposed to come on, but they addressed the brown bag, uh, the thing I just okay. talked about, because the mother was dark skins. Because since she was darker than a brown bag, they wouldn't let her get into this this uh, ex- exclusive group of black. Gotcha. People. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and and like I said, those those are just those those weeds that we have to address within ourselves, yeah, with other with other cultures and communities, just to get just to get out of this flow and just get out of this and get our heads straight on some things. For sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely there. You know, um, it's so funny. It's not funny, but um, it was, it's interesting because there's so much that I could speak to as it relates to that, but mm-hmm. what I'm learning, and I don't know if this is anybody else's experience, but when you have things that you've experienced that you can actually speak to mm-hmm. um, throughout your life as to examples of what we're talking about, right. um, it can be a bit of a struggle to really express that. That's why it's so dangerous for me to have a podcast or to be on a podcast yeah. because you might be wanting to tell your story and speak to those things, but a lot of times they include that older generation that has not yet accepted the reality of generational curses and what Mm -hmm. the flaws were or what things they may or may not have done to contribute to your trauma or your whatever it might be in that way of thinking and not necessarily in a malicious way, but just kind of based on what they didn't receive and what they weren't taught. And then it just kind of keeps going. And so I was literally just having a conversation um, and have before, like, you know, with my mom and just how, she parented mm-hmm. and how she views our parenting with her grandkids and right. anybody who has a mom that ha- that, you know, to their grand or their children can sometimes say that they've experienced that, that feeling of superiority in the relationship with their grandchildren versus kind of the experience that you had. And, you know, I was explaining to her that, 
and I don't know if this is a tangent, but tell me if this is along the lines of kind of what we're discussing, um, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's all related, which is why it's so yeah. crazy, because I, I literally got off the phone with her at roughly one fifty nine. Real talk. That's all we do. And it wasn't even an, in- an intended conversation. It came mm-hmm. up because of some other things that are going on in the family. And so I wanted her to understand that the things that I've seen or didn't see or I felt like I was missing or the, the whatever lack I felt like I might have had was not something I penalized her for. She gave me what she could give me. She was a single mother of four girls. My father was incarcerated for a large percentage of my life, which Mm -hmm. you could see the correlation between my situation with my son. You know what I mean? And me being a single mom and his dad being incarcerated. Um, But I wanted her to understand that I didn't penalize her for the things that she may not have been able to do, because I know that she was in survival mode, much like her mother may have been as well. And um, while that is true, there are some times where, you know, you might feel or I might feel like there was not enough acknowledgement of the lack in teaching certain things that she now expects us to know as it relates to her grandchildren, if that makes any sense. It does. does. There's very little empathy and understanding to why we don't just already know that this needs to happen or do it this way or the better way to do it. And in her mind, she's like, well, I just don't want y'all to make the same mistakes. And I'm just like, yeah, and that makes sense. You should feel that way. However, you do still have to acknowledge why we might be missing that particular tool. We didn't raise ourselves. We were raised by you or my dad when he was present. Mm -hmm. And there were some things that you guys were limited in being able to provide because of the circumstances that you were in. And it just kind of keeps going. Do you get what I'm saying? And so I do. I do. um, Yeah. So it's, it's a very interesting thing because it can go so many different directions. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said what you did. Cause now I didn't want to do this, but I'm going to jump around a little bit. That's cool. But it's, it's all gonna stay. It's all gonna stay relevant. Yeah. So, so first off, um, with this with this Kings and Queens series that I've been doing, <laughs> I had a couple female friends on here as mm-hmm. well, and they've all talked about uh, motherhood, raising sons, yeah. and yeah. they talked about just like you said, just like the few keys that that have been missing here because of how they were raised or whatnot, and. They both, uh, I think it was like maybe two or three, I, I don't, yeah, it was two of them who expressed their, how they feel like they were failing in certain situations when it came to raising their sons. Yeah. Based on the things that they didn't know or the things, certain things that they can't do for their son. Do yeah. you, do you run into that or have you, well, he's, like you said, he's turned into a teenager. So it's, it's about to really oh, yeah. ramp up for you. Oh no, it started ramping up at 10. So, yeah, I remember the day it was his 10th birthday. It was Mm -hmm. down to the hour that it started ramping up for me. So, yeah, it's we've are we've are we've been in that territory for going on three years now. Yeah. Okay, And you said his his father is incarcerated, correct? He is correct. Yeah. And are you guys still dwelling or building a relationship or is it just what it is at this point? So. Our relationship um, in the past has been very tumultuous simply because I could start on his end by saying he wasn't taught how to be a man or a father. Mm-hmm. He didn't have his father. Mm-hmm. And that was something that he is very, has, since the moment I met him, has always been very, very vocal about. Um, he didn't have his father and he wasn't taught how to be a dad. So. Right. 
a lot of his decisions that led him to prison mm -hmm. reflected that not knowing how to sure. be a man and, you know, basically took him away from having that opportunity with Kate and my son. So um, that was the first um, issue that kind of uh, affected our relationship. While I did date him, knowing all those things, once I matured and I kind of started to understand um, what I wanted and what I needed for Caden, um, mm. that just became less and less appealing as it related to even a co-parenting relationship. So right. that caused a lot of friction because he didn't understand what it meant to raise a child. How could he? He wasn't really taught that to some degree and not, especially not from a man's perspective. So that were, there was a rub there. There was also the issue of him, you know, at some point or at one point, you know, still kind of expecting, you know, a reconciliation romantically between him and I and not really accepting my rejection of that. So that caused a rift to some degree for many, many, many years. Um, so a lot of those things combined and then us never really just having a healthy relationship to begin with kind of mm -hmm. played a part, unfortunately, in us not being able to co-parent successfully. Right. But the transition and the change of us being able to communicate better recently took place in the last few years and only took place, believe it or not, because of him redeveloping and establishing his relationship with God. Wow. I feel like God was able to reveal to him some things that he couldn't see carnally because he wasn't taught to see it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we're blinded to things that were not taught to us, like we've been right. talking about. And so because of that, he's developed a relationship with God and has given him perspective on things that he didn't understand. And so now he'll kind of circle back. Like, you remember when you was telling me that thing? I get what you were saying now and I see why that was a problem. And so yeah. that experience, clarity so much. Yeah. And that experience has, by the grace of God, been able to change only because of that, right. where he's even able to see deeper into some things that I'm present for and can't see because of that relationship, because I get overwhelming, overwhelmed by the day to day, the struggle, the many hats, the not prioritizing my spiritual life because I'm in the, the, the throes of surviving mm -hmm. and which is a very dangerous game for somebody who, you know, considers themselves a believer, but it has changed drastically, but only recently because of that self-work that he's doing and his relationship with God. So it is healthy it is better, but there was a lot of trying times before we've gotten to this point. How has your son adapted to the situation? Um, to our relationship or his dad's absence? His, his dad's absence. Because he's probably not really getting the full aspect of your, your guys' relationships, right? No. He, he, knows, he knows you guys are, you know, at least talking. Yeah. Um, so I would say he doesn't adapt well, but that's not because he's expressed it because one of the issues that I have, the biggest, most deepest, most concerning issue that I have with my child is that he internalizes a lot. He does not express a lot of what he's thinking or feeling. I'm not sure why that is because I try my best to try to make the conversation the opportunity for conversation as open and as transparent and as welcoming as possible. Because again, some of us may feel like we didn't get that with our more old school parents or grandparents. Right. Um, but he doesn't really express it, but it's just from my observation as a mom, I know that there's things that he feels that he experiences that he wishes were different, um, that are staggering, stag um, stagnating, I think 
some developmental, emotional developmental things in his life. So I don't think so far he has responded very well to that absence. But um, I don't think it's um, anything that's that my faith and that me and my and his father's, you know, um, prayers and things can't redirect. But mm-hmm. I do believe that he's responded negatively to that absence in such a way I can use, for example, something that happens, I guess, with everybody comes of age, girl or boy. But I can think particularly with a boy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Particularly with a boy um, that need to belong to identify. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I had a girl, she has her mom here to identify. She would still need right. her father for those aspects of value mm-hmm. and how to respond to a male, you know, but I think for a boy, he needs his father. You know what I mean? The that You know what I mean? That direction I from do. his father and understanding who he is. And I don't think I understood the value in that. And I always thought that if I just taught him, that would be enough to have a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. While I'm not a, a boy, I know that you need these things and this is what your father would do if he was here. These are the things that you can and just have all these different resources to use to kind of help guide him. And I'm learning that that's not enough. Right. Um, even with his dad being, you know, constantly in communication with him in the time that he's been gone, he's been gone since Caden was two. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. You know what I mean? And now he's in the age where he's just looking for that identity and he hasn't had it. And so it has had a very negative impact on his self-worth, I believe. Right. <clears throat> I, uh, I I had my father for the entire duration of my life till he passed away a couple years ago. Yeah. And, and I've said this. Many, many, many times I feel bad for little kids who don't have their fathers in their lives because it's very important. And and I yeah. know some situations, you know, situations are situations, you know, yeah. but it is it is important for fathers. It's important for our community. And it's important for our families that fathers are involved with their children 100 percent. Right. And because now we're in this age now where these young men who haven't had fathers or positive role models think it's okay just to drop seeds anywhere and drop that, seeds anywhere and just get be, their male, right. what a male is uh, definition from what right. they're seeing social right. media. TV, yeah. yeah. And the representatives who, who try to represent the culture just don't understand how, how much damage they're doing at this point. Absolutely. And you know, when you've got, Young men who don't have good role models seeing these guys doing these things are like, well, this might this must be the thing to do. Yeah. And then, you know, we redevelop or reissue new generational curses. Keep it going. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you have sure. uh, you have students in the classroom, you know, or like, you know, class of 36 of them are related. <clears throat> Man. <laughs> and and, and, Man. and they're all and they're all growing up with the same type of trauma because they don't know how, like you said, they don't have a, a male figure. Right. They don't have a positive one. They don't once they get to a certain age, they don't yeah. know how to do certain things or because they weren't taught that. Yeah. And and it's it's having having our, our families being together makes us stronger. And I and I don't understand why some people don't believe that. I know. I know. It's a lot of people who feel I know I just saw something today or was it last night? I think it was today. 
Mm-hmm. That was on YouTube. I didn't click on the video, but it was kind of discussing the new generations, the baby mama culture. And while baby mamas oh, have been around since the beginning of time, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot more glorified today it is. than it was then. You know what I mean? And I just it, I didn't even watch the video and I had all these different thoughts about where that could go. That conversation could go because it's mm-hmm. a very real thing and it is glorified and it's looked at as a norm and mm-hmm. less attention, excuse me, is paid to the effect that it has because there's no commitment. And I'm not saying that a marriage couldn't break up. I know people try to use that like marriages. People get divorces, da, 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 but there is something a little bit more um, permanent in the mindset of a marriage versus we're just together Mm -hmm. and having a baby. There is something even psychological or, you know, I mean, that I feel like creates just that extra layer of accountability and commitment Mm -hmm. and desire to really fight. Now I'm, I know people go against that, but that makes that commitment just that much more healthy yeah. Hopefully, you know, if it's a healthy relationship, of course, because right. um, I know anybody could get married, but it just makes it that much more healthy for creating an environment that's healthy for the child. Right. Um, I think of somebody like Nick Cannon. <laughs> I don't even have to explain yeah, why that's yeah. the topic of conversation and why right. he feels like there's nothing wrong with what he's doing. Yes, you can pr- financially provide for each of these children. But what I've noticed with children who had a parent that they had some type of issue with mm-hmm. for their absence or their lack of whatever. It, ne- it, it rarely is truly about money as much as it about is, a, excuse me, as much as it is about the, the lack of uh, experiences that I had with you, not right. being able to have you present because you were either stretched so thin, like somebody would be expected to be in Nick Cannon's shoes, or you were exactly. just, Choosing other things, choosing other right. people, women, or, you know, even on the mom side of things. So whatever the case may be, um, it's not so much about you being able to provide as much as it is about you being able to be present in whatever healthy way that that child needed you to be there. Right. Um, and so people kind of just look at it like, well, I can take care of them. Well, I mean, yes, we didn't get married and we, you know, and no, we're not together anymore, but we both do our part. But I don't think we understand because it's so funny. You'll watch And this is such a horrible example, but I used to see movies where they would discuss divorce and the trauma that it had on the kid. And you'd have these Caucasian kids like acting out like I just am so. And they were like, well, the reason they're acting out is because their parents divorced each other. And I'm just like, so what? Your parents are together. Get over it. Like, why is it? (laughs) I promise you, I had the most (laughs) horrible perspective on that because I My parents, you know, had a somewhat tumultuous relationship prior to my father being incarcerated. So, you know, I just did not have a respect for what that actually does. And while my parents were married, I don't think I connected the the value and the 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 um, developmental uh, benefits of them in a healthy relationship, of course, but staying married, what that would have done and how that would have impacted me. And the thing I just, I just never had a respect for it. And I think that's a lot of what, that's what a lot of us do because our families were broken up. So early on, as we discussed for obvious reasons, Mm -hmm. um, with our ancestors, it kind of created this, 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 
mindset of like, that's the norm for us. So we survived it. Our grandparents survived it. It's a survival mindset, but it's replaced with, but was it healthy though? Right. Is that, you get what I'm saying? I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I had a, I had a girlfriend a long time ago and, um, she, she had to move to, you know, one of our suburbs and put her daughter in a school that was a lot better, a lot better district than where she was at. Right. And it was a culture shock for her daughter because most of her friends had two parents. And she came home with like this shock because I guess the kid said, you don't have a dad and all this stuff because her dad was somewhere else. Right. And so she was shocked that they had a mom and dad and her her new friends were shocked that she didn't have a dad yeah and and i and i know their situation so i know the i know the uh the trauma she's going to deal with for a long time as she tries to build a relationship because she's seen her mom go through so much stuff and yeah try to maintain taking care of her and her brother and when dad pops in or when if he pop in and they're struggling and all that other stuff. So I can I can just imagine the things she's probably dealing with at this yeah. time because I know she's an adult. Right. Right. No, that's that so whole, true. Yeah, and that whole baby mama thing is just like, if, if I hear somebody, I say, you mean your child's mother? Yeah. You know, I mean, put some respect on it. You know what I'm saying? I For mean, sure. It's like they're uh, alienating themselves from the fact that you had an actual child from this woman. It's because you yeah. had a child from with her and you're not together. Yeah. Don't discredit who she is. Yeah, for sure. Right. For sure. Right. Yeah, I think it's just, I, and it, the, the unfortunate part about it is, and I'm learning this in my conversations with people about some things, um, it's so much psychological. It, it takes so much of a psychological shift in your perspective that many people just aren't ready for that amount of of self-work to even mm -hmm. see it that way it is mm -hmm. so much easier to just pass it off as it's not a big deal as long as right. both parties are taking care of their kids on top of the fact that it was made to seem normal in a lot of instances and in our community right. um, because of you know all the roots of where it came from a lot of people again it goes back to that whole imposter syndrome like what would that mean i'd have to do if i had to acknowledge that Right. I have to say I was wrong. I would have to say that I basically because here's the thing. And I, I get me if I go off on a tangent, because that's very possible. OK, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's here's the thing. But it all is related. It's so relevant. It is. It um, is. Here's the thing. I think one of the things that I had to acknowledge and this came up in the conversation I had with my mom today. Right. I had to acknowledge that. She was not perfect in her rearing of us. Her mother may not have been perfect and no parent, none ever is going to be perfect in their rearing of us. She did the best she could with what she had. My father was not there for the majority of the time and she had to figure it out, you right. know, and her mom had to figure it out because guess who wasn't there for the majority of the time? Her father and right. so forth. And you can just keep going further and further back. And what I realized is that, um, there's a sacrifice that I'm going to have to account to, to not being able to be constantly present for my son. Mm -hmm. And that is because I am a single mom. So I am, I am the provider. Yep. I am the teacher. I am the encourager. I am all of those things. And because I took on that burden, my responsibility, because I played a part in becoming a single mom, mm -hmm. um, because you, I, 
I didn't choose what he chose for him, but I was well aware of the things that could lead to that. Now we can go back and say it was because of what I saw or what I learned in the generational curses, which is a very valid thing, but that's just my way of taking accountability for my role. I was a lot more aware than what, you know, some people want to give credit for as to, but it just, there's other factors, emotionally, self-esteem, self-worth that help you make those negative decisions that end up impacting your children down the line. Right. And so I have to be honest that, Because I made the choices that I made, I am now in a position to where my son will have to be denied the amount of nurturing, attention and developmental things he needs from both his mother and his father. It sucks. I'm aware of it. And I pray to God that he fills those gaps for me constantly. But is it a very real reality? Unfortunately, I am only one person. I'm not superwoman. So I can only do so much. And that balance is a very tricky balance to establish, you know? And so that was just a really harsh reality I had to come to. And I told my mom that I couldn't possibly shade you for the things that you didn't do because you did the best you could with what you got. Um, And there was all, you were a girl before you were a woman Mm -hmm. and you were a woman before you were a mom. And there were things that impacted that development into a girl and that development into a woman. And then that development into a mom that absolutely made a difference in what you were able to contribute in the relationship that you, you know, that you got into with my father that may or may not have been healthy at the time. And so it's just I I don't know. I guess the purpose of me bringing that up is that was a very real reality that I had to come to and take ownership of that. I don't have the luxury of denying that. I've already denied my son enough. I don't get to deny him the fact that he didn't ask to be here and he is limited in his experience of growth and development because of choices that I made. I don't have that luxury and it's not fair. Right. But as so many people in our culture, it means that we have to acknowledge way too much than we want to deal with. So we dismiss it and we justify and we well, I mean, there's really nothing wrong with it. You know, I survived. My mom survived. You know, we're still doing take, you know, taking care of our responsibility. Yeah. But was it healthy? Hello. I keep going back to that. But was it healthy? Right. You know, so. Right. And and, and that just that just brings always brings up the conversation of mental health in our communities. Man. How how we really don't address it on nope. on any platform and how these these small minute things that are just everyday things will eventually blow up to be something nuclear and massive and just tear you up inside eventually because it's going to come to a head. It is. And, you know, I've said it today and I say it all the time. We are literally the way that I like to say it is children acting out our childhood traumas. As adults, everything that happened to us, we are in some form expressing it in the way that we live and the way that we communicate and the way that we seek out relationships, love, the way that we identify what those things even look like and what they mean. That's what it is. And until you get some level of therapy, you know, a lot of times you don't even realize it because it's gone on so long. It is a norm. You know what I mean? It kind of reminds me of kind of how you would see like impoverished people and how they view life. Like if you have a child who's been in an impoverished environment his whole life and he's never seen anything outside of that neighborhood, you'd be crazy to get him to understand uh, 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 Mm -hmm. what your experience was like in Dubai. 
You know right. what I mean? Like, and or just like to think that, like, because all he knows is his neighborhood, and he right. like, and a lot of times that that mentality kind of keeps you bound. Like, you haven't been anywhere, yeah. you haven't seen yeah. anything, and this is all I've seen. So, why would you expect me to have a different perspective? I have a conversation with one of my guy friends. I like to call him um, George Glass <laughs> for a number of different reasons because like, mm-hmm. I can't say his name, but he's like one of my best friends and has been for many years, and like. Something I always tell him is the neighborhood he grew up in when he goes back and revisits it because his parents still live there. He's Mm -hmm. always kind of reliving some of the things that he saw when he was growing up and some of the toxic things that he experienced as a kid. And he sees kids now still doing some of the same things. And I was like, you know what? You should really like maybe try to make because I know it, 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 he pays attention to it. To me, there's something to that attention that you pay to it. I ain't trying to give you your purpose or your destiny, but maybe there's something to that. Like, how powerful would it be if you went back to that neighborhood and you had that conversation with those kids because yeah. you got a lifestyle that they wouldn't even believe existed? And right. you came from where they came from. You got a, a 750 credit score. You got a mm-hmm. pension. You know what I mean? You drive a nice vehicle. You have a nice, you know, a healthy lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? You take care of yourself. You take care of your finances. And this wasn't necessarily what you were raised to do. And not because your parents were bad parents. They did the best they could, but they right. again didn't know. And so hearing that coming from you, would have so much more value than coming from somebody like a, you know, I'm going to use this as just a random example, but in a Caucasian teacher from their school, they're going to look at them like, you don't know where I come from. Exactly. You don't like, you don't understand why I can't see past my, my street or my block. Exactly. Exactly. But seeing somebody that has gone through that, you know, and, and come out of it um, is obviously going to help somebody kind of, you know what I'm saying? Come out of it themselves. I don't know why I said that, but it has something to do with what we were talking about. (laughs) Real talk. It's, it's all real talk. Because even how you said it, because um, I used to work in the school system and they were always pushing, we, we need more male, black male teachers. We need more black male teachers because they know these kids will only, most of these kids that they're having the problems with are only going to take to what we say. Yeah. And when I was working in the school, I, I saw it walking down the hall. Like if we were coming down the hall, and if we could hear the kids acting up, they say, oh, Mr. H coming. They would mm-hmm. chill out. They knew. They knew who right. to play with and who not to. <laughs> right. Because they respected your experience, right? Right. And then yeah. if it was like one of the black female teachers, they said, oh, Miss Miss Taylor coming. They would still bring it down a little bit. But then as you know, yeah. you got to like some of the Caucasian teachers, they'd be like, nah. Nah, you know, but yeah. it just it just goes to show our influence, and like you said, if we just if we just brought it back um, to our communities and, and neighborhoods the right way, yeah, it, it would really be beneficial. And for for me, I I kind of get tired of seeing the things that I see, so I I um, join I joined one of the programs here. This is actually I didn't know till this year it was a national program, the African American Wellness. Mm-hmm. And it started here in Columbus, and then I found out in one of the meetings. He said, "Oh no, man, we got them everywhere." <laughs> I was oh, like, "Oh wow. wow!" And it's only—I think it's only been around for like maybe ten, maybe more years. Okay, but they've got them in Philly and California and all branching out. And I'm like, "Yeah, this is what I want to be involved with," because most of the programs I see is just like sports. Yeah, you know, they're not really, oh, yeah, they're not really teaching us 
to teach them anything. And there's a deeper For thing sure. going on here with our mental health and our wellness Absolutely. that we need to address. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree. And the desire for stuff like that, you know, is so strong. Um, and it's crazy because I've seen people and I always admire the people who see the need and are able to execute it. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of us weren't taught what that looks like and how to navigate, how to balance that and how to dream and create and break the generational curses and add the, you know, bring the education. So I'm always so inspired by people who are able to do that because I've had so many desires and thoughts of kind of speaking to youth and especially girls, um, just about, you know, life and just the different things in terms of self-esteem. And I know I've met people, close friends of mine who kind of had the same desire um, to do the same thing. And the passion came from a very real place in our personal experiences and traumas and things like that. Now, if you ask, have either any of us actually followed through and executed that? No. And it's not because we don't want to. It's because mm-hmm. we are all single mothers. There is a level of dreaming that gets snuffed out a lot of time when surviving takes more priority Mm -hmm. Um, and that imposter syndrome and all of those different aspects kind of snuff out um, the, 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 the drive to execute something like that and knowing where to start and all the different things. And again, you get caught into that survival mode and it just, it doesn't seem realistic, but there's such a desire sometimes to do those kind of things because it's needed. There isn't a lot of conversation about that. There isn't a lot of effort outside of the families um, to kind of raise up our community, kind of in a way where like back in the day, one of the things I can say I do appreciate from the old school way of doing things, you know, as long as it was in a healthy way, was the whole neighborhood was raising your kid. Right. If if Miss So-and-so down the street saw you outside and she knew you weren't supposed to be outside, she'd probably grab you by the collar, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or get on the phone with somebody like, hey, or tell you straight up, like, what you doing? Like, you ain't supposed to get your, you know, it or wasn't a mind you. your, or whoop you, for real. <laughs> right. yeah, my grandmother used to there. talk about that all the time. Like, that was, and I remember, we were literally in Tulsa for my uncle's funeral this weekend. And that was one of the things that they talked about um, when they were talking about my uncle and kind of just how they were raised. And my grandfather was there and they were talking about how he gave the neighbors permission if you see my kids doing something they weren't supposed yeah. to be doing and it was a known thing. And I know times have changed and you got to be real careful with that today. And yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of parents ain't just really for that putting your hands on my kids because a lot of times you can't trust the motive. Yeah. You can't trust the perspective. You can't trust the health of yeah. their mentality and mindset right. and discipline. Right. You get what I'm saying? So much has mm-hmm. changed. And um, yeah, so it is, there's definitely a lack of there being a lot of representa- representation, of us black people being there to teach and going back to teach. And we don't have to be famous people who are giving back to their communities because we're rich now. Mm -hmm. We can be just everyday people, but it's such a struggle in figuring out like there needs to be a class taught on how to do that at the level that you are with all the traumas that you've had. And when you don't have the money or the resources, what does that look like? Some people say, well, just do it, just find it. But it does not come that easy um, to people like the thinking behind it. You know what I mean? Like doesn't always come as easy to pe- everyday people who are going through life and struggling. How do I give back as, as a single mom? I'm trying to give to my own kid. Right. What do I look right. like starting a nonprofit? You know what I'm saying? You know, talking about these things, you know, when I'm barely finding the time 
and the ability to give to my own because I am trying to keep the lights on. You know what I mean? Right. So anyway, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a deficit nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, yeah. Let's let's say I don't even know if I can say this hypothetically. So let me ask it like this: mm-hmm. Do you think growing up in a household where your father was incarcerated most of the time, do you think as I'm trying to word this right, so that's why I'm pausing. Do that's fine. you do you think you might have missed or ignored those red flags of your son's father? Did I say that right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I don't even know that I ignored the red flags. It is easy to ignore the red flags. But I like to believe that I had a level of discernment where because of my relationship with God, um, I could even see them. I couldn't figure out why I was still attracted to them, but Mm -hmm. I could see them. They weren't healthy. There was the I can encourage him towards greatness and i see the potential but there was also a um but what if this is all i'm worthy of right this is the most attention and investment that i've received you know and you know so while i could see the red flags thank god (laughs) thank god i didn't listen you know not thank god i didn't listen but thank god i could Mm -hmm. see them so that's a gift in itself but what to do with it and Mm -hmm. how to place that with the other things that were at play within me um, was where the struggle came in. So I saw them, um, but there were so many other factors that attributed to my dad not being there Mm -hmm. um, that made it difficult to care as much or to take it seriously um, enough to recognize someone's desire to change and just talk. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, for sure. I I definitely think that had a lot to do with it. I wasn't taught to know what that look that love looked like. And I didn't know this back then for a long time. I was like, well, I don't know if that's why, because I think I kind of have an idea of what love is, but I couldn't always directly correlate. Like I said, the divorce thing, I thought that was a joke. Like, so you acting out because your parents stay together. Duh. Like, but maybe that was what I subconsciously had going on. Like I, there was some absences there that I didn't know that I needed that would have maybe come with my parents being in the same household in a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um, for sure, I definitely believe that that is a huge part of it. And now that is why my son is now living that same um, disadvantage. So let me ask you this. Um, Again, I'm just I'm trying to get the words out right. Mm -hmm. Um, What are are you doing? Because because I know, like you already said, you're having these battles with him now. Mm hmm. What are you doing to let him know this is not what you have? This you this is not the path you have to go down that your father's going down or any yeah. or any even not him. Even this crap on social media. This isn't oh, what yeah. you have to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, for me, what I'm I, OK. So for me, parenting and I think most parents will relate to that, to this. I'm just shooting in the dark almost um part of that is probably um counterproductive to the mindset that you're supposed to have as a believer um but that's something that i have to work on and kind of just re-strengthening my relationship and my perspective with god but first of all i feel like i'm shooting in the dark so i am trying things that i feel like i'm being led to try or just anything that i feel like will 
speak to what he needs, right? So he's not allowed to be on social media. Now, has he gotten in trouble many, many times wow. because he snuck and done it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not one of those parents that feel like I have to necessarily expose him to it because he's going to try to do it anyway. Right. Some things I can say that that probably is a healthy route to go. But for me, I'm just... I'm okay with saying that I'm just not going to let you expose yourself to that or if right. I can limit the amount of exposure. So let's say that you did sneak and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, at minimum, you had to sneak to do it. So you couldn't enjoy it to the degree that most kids are maybe allowed to do, right? right. So you're not as exposed to it. I strongly believe that our ear gates, our eye gates, what we take in, what we see, what we listen to um, has a huge impact on how we respond to life, how we respond to ourselves. And I'm not going to go too spiritual with it, but they have spiritual ramifications, good or bad. You know what I mean? Like what you listen to and what you hear and what you see. So if I could at least minimize that, that's one of the ways that I start. I'm going to start in some of the most influential ways. Mm -hmm. Um, One of those ways is going to be starting with how I live my life, which is a struggle because you can't be a parent that contradicts what you're trying to teach because they may not articulate it, but they recognize it. They don't respect that and they lose respect for you. So trying so hard to kind of mimic the things that I want him to take on himself as a, as an adult, a future adult or as a human being, then limiting his access to the things that have the most detrimental effect as much as I can. But in addition to that, it can be counterproductive to do those things and limit for all the right reasons, without explanation, a lot of things that was a rub for me as a kid, because I was wild. I was not (laughs) anybody who know me was like, oh, you think Caden is bad, Kirana? Like I was something, you know, and my mom loves to tell those stories because she's like, oh, that one right there took me through the ringer. (laughs) And a lot of a, a rub that I always felt as a kid was when I was given instruction, but I wasn't given a genuine explanation as to why. And I know that I dismissed a lot of that advice as a kid. But one of the things that stuck with me as random as this is, and please bring me back to my original point and answer to your question, but I have to use it as an example, was when we watched the movie The Best Man. My mom had a very interesting and very valuable perspective watching that movie when we were younger. Um, And she wanted us to pay attention to, and this might be a stretch for some people, the reaction that Lance, the, the 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 groom, had to his future wife, mm-hmm. compared to the women that he blew through like the wind. Okay. There was a level of reverence. There was a level of respect. Yeah. There was a level of value that he had for her, for the very thing that he took advantage of in other women. Right. He valued that she was a virgin. He valued that she respected herself. She He valued that she wasn't just dishing it out to the highest bidder. Right. He loved that about her. It didn't mean he didn't take, you know, advantage of Susie, Becky, and and and, and LaShawn. Right. I, my, right. no, no, no shade to any of the Susie, Becky, and LaShawns out there listening to the <laughs> podcast. But, you know, he he respected her. When he talked about her, he got emotional. When he, and it was a movie, but there was something to that. Um, he The way he saw her, and it even takes me back to there's this moment where she's walking down the stairs and they're playing that song by Kenny Lattimore, Beautiful Girl. 
Mm-hmm. And um, she's walking down the stairs and he has this glisten in his eye while she's walking down the stairs. And that was so symbolic of that very thing. And I don't think she brought that to our attention. I think I just noticed it. But she did bring to our attention about how he valued her. Right. Um, and it gave so much more context to why she wanted us to value our virginity and not be so frivolous with giving it away and understanding right. the importance of maintaining it. That versus her just saying, just don't do it because I said so, or don't do it because right. the Bible says, wait till you're married. That never sat with me. But what stuck with me, and to this day I tell that story, is what she told us about that movie because I could see it. I saw exactly what she was talking to. And then when I started going through life experiences myself, I saw the difference between the girls who was giving it up and the girls that wasn't. Right. Now, you did have young boys who still didn't understand that value because they were young, but you saw there was something psychological or maybe, you know, um, subconscious in terms of respect that was still there nonetheless. You know what I mean? And so my goal with Caden and my parenting and getting him to see that you don't have to do the things that your father did or that I did Mm -hmm. is giving background. Why? Let me show you, let me paint the picture for you because you are much like your mother and you need to see, let me show you what that looks like. Let me give you the example of what that looks like. And sometimes I think it lands and sometimes it doesn't. It just depends on what the context is or what we're talking about. Right. Cause he's at that age where, Oh man, the, uh, the input was going to fire in from, you know, the influence from his friends. Oh, yeah. Those who are yeah. on social media said, no, you got to do this or you're supposed to do that. Oh, so yeah. It's, it's I like can tell him some advice. And if he heard something different on YouTube, no, it's not. And I'm, right. how do you know? Because on YouTube. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm, right. I'm just your mom who was experiencing life right. long before you got here and what has your best interest at heart. But, yeah, go for the little kid on YouTube right. who, who just started his channel, who knows everything. You know what I mean? So, yeah. For sure. There is a lot of gravitation to what is popular, the popular train of thought, the popular Mm -hmm. way of doing things and all of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You you can imagine that that's being an issue for, you know, the young adults. But when you got people our age still going with that. Hello. It was on YouTube. It was on on Twitter. It was on social media. Yeah. (laughs) And they're believing that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, for sure. So. Key, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to round this up because I know you and Kaden got a lot going on today. <laughs> what is the future for, for Key? As, as, you know, tell us about what you, what you do as an entrepreneur, what you got going on, what's happening for you. So I can say the future for Key is first and foremost, because um, I feel like this is the gateway to resolve, not perfection, but resolve for every aspect of my life that is kind of unbalanced right now, which right. is a lot, um, is to reestablish my relationship with God. Um, because I feel like that's the whole purpose of me doing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the whole purpose of Not Your Superwoman. While the context might have kind of changed from when I first envisioned it, um, the the root of what and why I'm doing it is still there. And the value and what I have to say and what I want to give to the listeners um, is only going to come and it's only going to have the weight that I needed to have if I reestablish the disconnect that I have right now and kind of get out of that survival mode and get back into who my source is and who I know that to be. So that's where it starts. Right. Um, and then first, that's the priority. 
the priority is to also reveal that to my child or keep showing that to my child in a more tangible way. He needs to see that more from me. Um, he needs to see that more from his dad. Um, and that's my first priority and that's my first job and responsibility. Right. Everything else follows. So with that, I feel like order is established mm-hmm. and everything else will follow suit. I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm, my goal is to grow my business um, mm-hmm. and get it in such a way to where I am working smarter and not harder, um, where I am able to devote the amount of time that I've kind of deprived my son of by, you know, being a single mom um, and having so many responsibilities, um, putting myself in a position, you know, God, you know, by, you know, God willing to where my business provides for us, but it does not rob me of right. what my child needs from me right. and the things that I need for myself, my health, physical, mental. I am an advocate for therapy and I am searching high and low for a therapist for myself and my son. And I'm right. very particular about who my therapist is. So that journey has been struggle, a struggle. You got to kiss a whole lot of frogs before you get to, you know, the prince, so to speak. And so um, therapy, um, my spiritual growth, um, my my parenting, getting those things under control, because I believe all the other things will follow suit. So my business will grow. I will be able to position myself in such a way to where I can do the things I just mentioned. And then I can really dive into my passion, right. which is the very thing that we're doing right now. Right. Like, to be honest, like even having this conversation, it I, my soul aches because <laughs> I have not been able to touch the mic. Right. Right in a while and I've been promising my listeners things and trying to get these different things out and I can't because there are things happening right now that are right. literally saying not today right. and at first I thought maybe it was just some, a pool that was trying to keep me away from fulfillment but in some instances you kind of got to look at that again as maybe the timing was rushed not saying that it wasn't good to open the door but you got to kind of make sure that the priorities stay aligned. And so the bills got to be paid. Right. My son has to be healthy. I have to be mentally, spiritually healthy. And if those things are already struggling, maybe you don't have that additional 30 minutes to an hour to be trying to build a podcast brand. So it's definitely something that is a part of your purpose. But sometimes you got to kind of take a few steps back to kind of bring yourself back to where that what brought you to this purpose so that you can execute it the right way, decent and in order, if that makes any sense. So that's what I have planned. I'm going to start from the beginning and all of it's going to follow suit. You will hear from the Not Your Superwoman podcast sooner than later. Um, And I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm I'm equally excited. So what are some of your businesses that that you have going right now? So and where can where can they find you and everything? Give me give me a call to action. Yes. So the most active social media place that you can find me for the podcast purposes is not your super or at not your superwoman podcast. Um, that's our social media handle for Instagram. It's not your superwoman or not your super WM for TikTok and Twitter, right? Okay. Not as active there yet, but Instagram has been my most active. Right. Um, as far as, um, and there you will find our link to all of the different platforms that you can find the um, the show on the Apple podcast, Spotify, all of the things, iHeart, everything. Um, you'll be able to find that link to kind of follow us on any of your um, the I guess the the listening services that you use for the podcast. And then for my business, um, I am a loan signing agent, also considered um 
some degree of a notary, um, mm-hmm. but I do closings for real estate. So the way that I try to explain to somebody who knows nothing about it is consider it kind of like a traveling title company for someone who's closing on a property. If you're buying a home, refinancing a home, selling a home, I would be the loan signing agent that comes yep. to your home to complete that closing with you and get it delivered back to the title company. I've been but sitting I also, there doing that for a while. Yes, it's 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 been interesting. I've been in the mortgage industry for, I want to say, roughly about 12 years mm-hmm. in almost any part of the industry, the lending side, the um, loss mitigation side, servicing side um, for all for a long time. And so this is still another facet of that. Um, and so I've kind of stayed in the ind- industry, but this kind of gave me an opportunity to be in the industry, but still have control and build a brand yeah. off of that. And so in that business, I do the loan signing. I do general notary work. um, And I also do mentoring for people who are looking into that as a side hustle or that are looking into it as a full-time business and want to walk away from corporate like I did and get into it and kind of, you know, start their, you know, entrepreneurial journey that way. So I do all of those things under that hat. Yeah. um, You and I are going to be talking. So (laughs) i'm cool with that i'm cool with that (laughs) i'm your coach you're about to be my coach (laughs) hey whatever i can do whatever way i can give back i'm trying because i just i want to oh god it just makes me think about so much and i'm not gonna we're about to wrap it up but i really (laughs) think about i think about a song by an artist everybody knows the artist is when she made the song and she said i'm here Mm. and I don't think it resonated as much as it does now that I'm an adult and now that I have a mother. I want a legacy to be left behind and not of necessarily popularity or anything like that. And I know there's a thin line or a fine line with that. You know what I mean? That's really difficult for the average person to straddle so that, you know, but I just want to do I want to feel like the things that I went through were not in vain and they were beyond just my household. You know what I mean? So whatever I can do until I can get my podcast consistently going and you know all the other things ironed out and you know mm-hmm. where there's not so many interruptions um i don't mind you know just i'm gonna be present wherever i can be present and i'm gonna speak whenever i can speak on those experience if it helps somebody else okay thank you thank you i'm i'm gonna say this um and i say this to everybody that comes on our podcast i love you for coming on here as far as i'm concerned we're family yeah. One, I hope one day we cross paths and are able yeah. to fellowship. Yeah. I also want to say that um, I have the utmost respect for you mm. as a as a black woman. Thank you. As, as a single mother, because um, my my grandmother had three kids, and yeah, their father, you know, you know, he he was pretty much whatever. Yeah. And uh, the grandfather that I know came in as like, you know, I got this pretty much. Yeah. So I never I never looked down on a woman for raising her own children. And I hate some of the stuff that comes across social media where they're talking about women and they're talking about yeah. women like you losing points, which is which makes me want to work on this even harder. And, oh, yeah. And I got. I got to chill with that because I just saw something on TV the other day and I'll go into a tangent myself, but I just want you to know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, I just want to thank you for coming on. You have my utmost respect. 
No, yeah. I appreciate you for having me because there was a lot of things and in my instability um, that you could have just really just been like, girl, look, you get it together mm-hmm. and then we'll revisit it. But you you were very patient. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. It was so much. It contributed a lot to the 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 me beating myself up about not being able to keep keep going and just not stop mm-hmm. regardless because there are times where you're gonna have to stop and you don't want to and you want to keep going especially if it's something to do with passion so I just appreciate you having me I appreciate you being so patient yeah, with my yeah. struggle <laughs> yeah. and giving me an opportunity to kind of talk about this experience because I don't think I've I haven't really even got a chance to talk about this in depth on my own show so right it was very um, therapeutic. That's why to we say do. The least. Yeah, and, and I, I think because I wear a Superman shirt all the time. People know, I, you know, I say Black Superman all the time, but yeah. I don't necessarily. And I tell everybody, I said I don't necessarily like Superman. Yeah, but I like what he stands for. He's yeah. the most powerful person who has the most. Uh, who's the most frail? Yeah. He's he's afraid to hurt people because he's too powerful. Yeah, and he has insecurities, and he's he has these other things that he has to deal with as far as being someone who's so so powerful. And even when he takes a beating, he gets back up and does it again. Right, and that's that's uh, that's the symbolism for me with Superman. Yeah, he takes yeah. that beating, he gets up, and I kind of feel that's what what you're saying as as a superwoman is like. I'm not. But you, like I said, you say here you're not, but you're taking all this on and you, you're taking these beatings, you're taking these hits, but you're still getting up and you still do. Yeah. It. And let me just say something, because that's such a good analogy. And I wanted to be clear to the listeners, too, that um, there is a degree of a large, the, the, a large degree of getting up and dusting yourself off and doing it, it again, is. that perseverance. But I wanted to be 100 percent clear that. I think what a lot of times is missing and what people miss is that I am in no shape or form doing that on my own. While my mother may not have been able to give me all the things and while her mother and just like I said, like we talked about, like everybody's mother may not have been able to give them all the things. One of the things that my mom gave me that is 150 percent like just so invaluable was a relationship with god i know where my strength comes from do i lose sight of that from times i absolutely do but that is what gives me the ability to keep going because i am myself am not enough and i am learning not to try to be and that's all a part of that whole not your superwoman while i appear to be and like you said that impression can sometimes be received from social media and what you see there is a bigger force behind me and that's God and that is kind of allowing or empowering me to be able to do those things and so I think that's so important um, to really because so many people in our culture believe that they can and when they can't do it on their own they don't get therapy they don't seek out the who their creator you know and that's where you find some of those unfortunate demises and I'm you know I'm gonna speak to what that is that can be any many level of things but because they're not understanding like why I can't do this why am I having such a hard time so I just wanted to say that it absolutely is not me it is 100% God and his power at working through me and what my mother taught me right right I'm in the same boat and yeah it's, it's not an easy journey uh, yeah. I struggle I struggle as, as a black man and I've had my struggles getting to the point where I'm a good husband and um, 
I'm struggling now. Trying to figure out if I if I was a good son. Yeah. And that's that's something I you know trying to be cool here. So no, I that's get it. Something, I get it. That's something I'm dealing with, and it just, you know it just hit. So that's a different conversation. So that's um, another conversation that we yeah. can definitely have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you. Um, <laughs> Everybody, you can catch us on all social media platforms. Like I said, like, follow, subscribe on YouTube, all that. IG yeah. and Facebook is uh, Two Harks. Uh, yeah. Twitter, M-S-T-A-J underscore H-A-R-K. Uh, follow our sponsors, uh, Coles Keys, Sons of S.P. Phillips, and my girl Key, if you need some coaching on some... Uh, what you say, mortgage signing? Uh, yes, loan signing. Loan signing. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Starting a no, no, no. It's okay. A lot of people don't even know what it is. But no, right. loan signing. If you want to start a little side hustle, mm-hmm. or if you want to make it a full time business, I'll get you there. I'll get you where you need to be. All right, all right. That's good stuff, man. Thank you. We're gonna have to do this again because it's a lot we didn't cover. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I, I can't wait to be on your podcast. But uh, oh yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, everybody. It's be good. Th- Thank you for tuning in. Everybody, stay easy. We're now the truth Columbusin' everywhere. WTRH. And now listen to the truth in its voice. Why can't I fire you? Because I'm your wife. You can't fire me. We in this together. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Oh, no.